Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And in this wonderful week of video game news and conferences, or maybe not so wonderful given the last year of development troubles, we nevertheless have big news from somebody that's most definitely not participating in E3 or videos or anything else, and that is CD Projekt and their cyberpunk video game. On your screen is one of the more popular videos that I did on cyberpunk called Sony's Had It Pulls Cyberpunk Indefinitely. This happened December of last year amidst a whole host of turmoil and board meetings and investor phone calls and ultimately investor class action lawsuits that all related to Cyberpunk 2077 not functioning properly on, most specifically, Sony's oldest platform, the original PlayStation 4, and Sony making the decision after CD Projekt, CD Projekt Red, had thrown them under the bus and told people to go ask for refunds if they wanted them from Sony, Sony made the decision to pull what was then one of the biggest games of the year off of the PlayStation Network and didn't give a date from which it would return. I said it was pulled indefinitely. I took no small amount of flack for saying that from fans of Sony or CD Projekt or whomever that said indefinitely wasn't fair because it would be back in short order. And yet, before this morning, we had no indication of when Cyberpunk would be returned to the store, the PlayStation Network store. And it was only this morning that our knowledge changed on the subject. Now, to give credit where credit is due, Polygon were the ones that noticed this first, to my knowledge. They said in their headline, Cyberpunk 2077 returns to the PlayStation Store on June 21st, so just a little bit under a week from now, CD Projekt says. Now, what do they mean by CD Projekt says? Well, as we've seen in covering this story, CD Projekt, a Polish company, has certain obligations to make disclosures even more fulsomely than some American companies would have to. And in this respect, they made a disclosure this morning, June 15th, 2021, on the subject of the reinstatement of availability of Cyberpunk 2077 on the PlayStation Store. And in typical corporate investor-facing disclosures, it does what it says on the tin, and it doesn't say much more. In relation to our current annual report, the management board of CD Projekt SA hereby publicly discloses the decision by Sony Interactive Entertainment to reinstate the availability of the digital edition of Cyberpunk 2077 on PlayStation Store effective on 21 June 2021. So that matches up with the Polygon headline. Polygon wrote a story about it. But ultimately, what they've said here is confirmation of a couple of things and confirmation of things that we have talked about in our playlist on CD Projekt and Cyberpunk called We Have a Reputation to Burn, in which we went over the lawsuits and what happened on release and the investor call and all of these various things. And one of the things that kept coming up was, you know, whose choice was this? What's happening behind the scenes? And all we can do is speculate from outside here. But we do know that there are a number of things on the PlayStation Store that maybe aren't great experiences for players or users that still pass Sony certification. And that part of the story with CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk was not just the hype level, but it was in releasing a game that kind of called into question the certification process, what Sony was doing with its 30% cut. When that cut is up for discussion across any number of antitrust regulatory bodies or Epic versus Apple lawsuits or what have you, and then told players of Sony's products to go ask Sony for a refund when Sony doesn't have that kind of refund system. And you can call Sony out to task for not having something like that. Certainly Microsoft was keener to offer those refunds, but they were marketing partners with CD Projekt Red on the Cyberpunk project. And yet Sony said, no, that's enough. 
we have to defend the quality of the game in question, which is one of the reasons it became even more interesting a story today when, after Polygon found this regulatory disclosure, after the disclosure says what it says, which is the game's coming back on the 21st, we then get a statement made to IGN by Sony that says the following. SIE, Sony Interactive Entertainment, can confirm that Cyberpunk 2077 will be relisted on PlayStation Store starting June 21st, 2021. Users will continue to experience performance issues with the PS4 edition while CD Projekt Red continues to improve stability across all platforms. SIE recommends playing the title on PS4 Pro or PS5 for the best experience. And a number of things come tumbling out of a statement like this to my eye, right? I look at this and say, wow, okay, so what changed between now and yesterday, or more specifically between a month ago and a month before that? Because this has undoubtedly been a process behind the scenes to get it up past certification. And June 21 is just the day when everything's going to be acceptable for them to put it back up on the store. But what changed? What's different? Especially if you go out of your way at Sony to make a statement to one of the biggest video game journalism outlets there is in IGN to tell people we still think there are performance issues. We still don't think you will necessarily have a great experience with the PS4 edition. Instead, we recommend getting it on the Pro, the, the half-measure, half-generational shift uh, that Sony put out in the midst of the last generation, or the PS5, if you can find one, for the best experience. Now, they've always been selling the PS5 and even the Pro for the better experience, but they haven't been warning people of stability issues on the earliest generation to which a game might be applicable. And this presents another interesting kind of question, right? We are in video games, at least console video games now, dealing with something that the mobile side of the video game spectrum has dealt with for some time, or the PC side of the spectrum, which is, yes, you can technically support certain types of phones or iPads or tablets or PCs to a certain extent, but at some point, you know you're gonna start getting a pretty bad product at that level. The addition of backwards compatibility writ large at both the Sony side with its half-measure generational shift and now the PlayStation 5, and most definitely the Xbox side and Microsoft, is going to raise these questions to a continuing level. You can put on the box that yours works with the PlayStation 4, but whether or not Sony's going to have to come in, or even Microsoft, and say, well you really probably shouldn't be playing it on the PlayStation 4, you should be playing it on something more even though it supports that is going to continue to be potentially an issue with how we play games and how they're marketed and what these manufacturers, these hardware purveyors of the walled gardens uh, right now are actually going to say about the games that are present on their systems. In addition to that, it calls into question what I thought would be the solution here. Once we passed the three or four month mark, I thought, okay, we know that CD Projekt Red is working on a next generation release, which will presumably get a big bounce in performance. And one of the issues that Sony has right now is, as they say in this statement, that it doesn't work well on the original PlayStation 4. So the PlayStation 5 release doesn't have to work on the PlayStation 4, and maybe Sony will only allow it to come back as a next generation exclusive because of unsatisfactory performance on these older systems. They obviously elected not to do that, but it does raise that kind of question because CD Projekt made something weird in Cyberpunk 27 
77. A lot of the performance reviews that you get on console say, oh, it works just fine on the Series X. That's where I play it. Or on the PlayStation 5. And then it goes down and down and down in performance on either the Xbox One, the Xbox One X, the various S's in the Xbox line, the original PlayStation 4. And CD Projekt didn't make a next generation version as of yet. So you're only playing these backwards compatible versions of the older generation games. It did strike me that you might get into this kind of schism between what a PlayStation 4 game is and what a PlayStation 5 game is if you make a PS4 game that really functionally only works on a PlayStation 5. This is, by the way, not solely out of my own brain as I think about these things. This is a function of watching what Sony was going out there with in respect of its public relations. As part of this playlist, I have talked to you about how I think Sony was reacting to a business relationship with CD Projekt that they didn't think was working terribly well in terms of communications, that CD Projekt went out in an investor call and called into question the certification process and its partnerships with PlayStation and offered refunds that they didn't have the right to offer and created all sorts of hassle for Sony. And that's the kind of thing that really gets the hammer thrown at you by a company. And that doesn't surprise. And I don't really have anything against Sony for dropping the hammer on something like that. But in terms of public relations, they've always gone out with statements as the following. SIE strives to ensure a high level of customer satisfaction. And we will begin to offer a full refund for all gamers who have purchased Cyberpunk 2077 via PlayStation Store and want a refund. This is the middle of December. This is when they pull the game from the store. That they are concerned most predominantly with customer satisfaction. You go and you look at a Jim Ryan interview from just a couple of days ago at Axios. We see PlayStation made news last December for a game it decided to not sell. In December, it delisted the highly anticipated but surprisingly buggy third-party game Cyberpunk 2077, and Jim Ryan had the following to say. This was a tough decision for us to make, but ultimately, we had to act in the interests of the PlayStation community and not knowingly sell a game that might result in a bad experience for them. And again, this is from June 11th. This is four days ago that might result in a bad experience for them. So again, you go back now and you look at the IGN article and you see we're warning players about the PlayStation 4, which by the way, is the highest installed base in our PlayStation environment and ecosystem right now to not play this game, but we're going to allow you to buy it anyway. To me, I look at it, corporate lawyer that I am, and that says, Well, that puts paid to the lie that this was all or ever really about customer satisfaction or about making sure that they have a good experience. This was about having a message sent to CD Projekt about what they're allowed to say with respect to our Sony's obligation to issue refunds, what we do in terms of certification, making us look bad in an effort to make yourselves look less bad. And that was never going to be okay. And you look at the timing here at about six months and you see six months in exile. That's why I wrote the thumbnail the way I did. It's six months of penance. It's sending a message to the next CD Projekt Red or God forbid CD Projekt Red again, should they try to do it with Witcher or whatever else they're going to try to release in the near future. That if you throw Sony under the bus, they have the ability to make your bottom line look worse. So you want to make sure you're going through the right channels of communication, which was always the biggest surprise in this story to me. The reason this is 20 videos or so is not because Cyberpunk is somehow uniquely buggy in the world of Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo games. Yes, it was very buggy. Is it more buggy than the average Bethesda release on launch? Probably not. And yet it 
took all of this flack. Why? Well, because people really loved The Witcher 3 and don't quite remember how buggy it was when it originally released. But also because of this kind of attitude that they struck, that everything was fine, that they went out with and said, oh, the PlayStation 4 version is working even better than we could have hoped behind the scenes. That's how you get an investor class action lawsuit. And now we look at this story and we say, okay, it'll be made available. Sony says, warning, buyer beware, but they'll still take their 30% cut off of it, all the while spending the last six months saying, we don't want people to have a bad experience with this product that we're now willing to sell. Yes, money makes the world go round and money settles all of these disputes. If there's one thing you take away from virtual legality now in year three here is that when Spider-Man isn't made available to the MCU, I tell you, well, there's a lot of money to be made. They'll find a way and then it happens. That's the kind of thing that happens. Sony wants their 30%. CD Projekt wants to sell more into the Sony micro, uh, ecosystem, the, the marketplace that Sony manages. And so they find a way. But all of this that PlayStation had spent so long saying, and there's more quotes like this one and, and these ones from the Twitter, is essentially seen for what it is, which is PR speak in the midst of a corporate dispute that really shows no signs of ending in the recent future. We've still got investor claims. We've still got all sorts of things. We've got refunds that you'll be able to analyze for their financial statements. You've got things like what investments they're making, what the value of their company is. CD Projekt and CD Projekt Red will continue to be a very, very interesting story because they built their company on tent poles. And when one of those tent poles falls down, or more specifically, when it holds up the company, but you have to question whether the next one will, well, that's going to create a whole lot of stories, not just in virtual legality, but in video games in general. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you like talking about the business and law of video games, please consider supporting the channel at Patreon, Streamlabs, buying a shirt, or just subscribing and telling your friends that we exist to have these conversations and hopefully have fun talking about these things. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.